So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today coming out of Rutherford Tun, North Carolina. General Rutherford conquered this area, did something with it, and uh, they put a ton on the end. And uh, anyways, a great, great interview coming in. So I'm, I'm excited to jump on it. So Charles Burgess, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks, Pat. Glad to be here. Hey, buddy, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they get to know you better? Okay. Uh, first, 33 years old, been in real estate. This is working on 12th year. I started right out of uh, college and uh, family business. My stepdad owns a local real estate company, so just sort of fell into it right after that. Grew up around real estate. My mom was a mortgage broker and an agent for a long time. And so it was just sort of a natural path in 2007 when everything was crashing, of course, to jump into real estate. <laughs> it's just natural, right? <laughs> yeah, it, was just, it fit really well. So there were really not many other jobs coming out of college either. So it did fit. I spent the last semester of college trying to talk somebody into letting me analyze their business so I could graduate. And uh, my stepdad did it and I just sort of learned real estate and was like, all right, let's do this. And so jumped in and really hadn't looked back, but um, that's, that's been a while. Was an individual agent for about nine years, roughly nine years. So almost three years ago in November, a close friend of mine, uh, Blue Pittman, who's my business partner, the the Pittman part of Burgess Pittman and Company, we are uh, we joined up sort of out of pain points and decided that we enjoyed and wanted to do different parts of the business. I really enjoyed listings and marketing. That was my background was in in marketing in school, and uh, he's he's been a coach his whole life, and so he really enjoys the nurturing side of things and enjoyed buyers, believe it or not. So it was just sort of a, a natural fit for us to team up and do the things we love. That was how our team started. I have two boys, happily married. I got a seven-year-old and two-year-old, so that's life at this point. And, of course, we'll get into the team stuff here in a minute, but that's how we got here. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into some nitty-gritty. So, Charles, like, like how many houses did you guys sell last year? Okay, so last year we closed 105 sides. Hmm. That was uh, 43 buyer sides and 62 sellers. This love year. I love that, dude. I love the uh, sellers. Go ahead. Yep. So it was a little heavier on sellers last year, but we added a buyer. That was really me and blue, except for maybe the last three months of the year, uh, first buyer's agent joined us. And so he added a few, but that was primarily us. And then this year we're on pace for 135. We're at about 85 right now. And it's very evenly split buyer and seller because Brad's now really fully rolling and, you know, adding in as that second full buyer's agent. And uh, we actually have a new buyer's agent now who's been in it about, three months and she's starting to have some closings but so uh there's there's four of us agents in production right now to do that that number that's fun stuff so um okay so let's talk about your eci your ego commission income what's what's the total gross from the last 12 months would you say yeah so i mean i can i, I did stuff just based on to this point so I'll yeah, that's cool. to this. so in 2018 uh so far we're at 480 okay ego and then 
we uh, cost of sales to the agents is at 191, and so that leaves us at about a 60 percent margin, gross margin. Okay, that's cool that you broke that down. So now the cost of sale to the agents does that include you? Yep, we we track these numbers. So myself as listing agent, we pay me just like I would be any other listing partner. So our the split for that would be 25 percent on listings that the team generates and 35 for a sphere. So if it came from sphere, we pay it just like that for the purpose of tracking, even though one of the co-founders and then blue, anything he closed on the buyer side, he gets paid just like a normal split. As far as these numbers go, what, what does he get paid? Uh, so we're on a 55% split on your sphere or anything that the team generates. So they're doing a 50 and 60 for team generated or sphere, we just blended the two and just said, just go 55. So we had one easy number. So that may change for us in the future, but that's where we're at now. And then it's 40% for anything that we just tee up for you. We don't really have an ISA, but if we do something that tees it up or a seller client that we've already done that we just hand to uh, Brad or Tricia at this point, then it's at a little lower rate because we're doing some of that early work. Yeah, no, I agree. I like those splits. Yeah. I like how you do them. And then with what's left, right? Mm-hmm. But how, how much did you say was left? A one ninety went to the commissions, and then uh, that's so you... two, yeah, that's two ninety left. And uh, so BP and Co has taken about a twenty seven percent profit. So uh, of the four eighty, so um, the rest of it is in all our fees. We have roughly about twenty thousand a month of overhead costs to pay the two admins, our office. We own our office, so we pay that. So that's all. All, all the other marketing costs, utilities, et cetera, programs that we offer, curator, follow-up boss, like some of that, we pay for all that stuff. Yep. So you're left with about 27% is what you said. And, yep. then, and, then, yep. and then you guys split that? Yeah, we do those as disbursements. Just and that's, that's 27% of the 480? Correct. Yep. So, and which is year-to-date? So you might make a you might gross a million bucks, right? If you keep going strong, we're probably on pace from like seven fifty to eight, depending on how the fall comes in. But yeah, we we've, we've got another strong season here. Our fall is really good here in this part of the country. Yeah, well, a couple of things there that I see with this, and I appreciate you sharing these numbers because I think it's important for people to sit there and listen and think about this, right? Um, first of all, you've broken out the cost of goods sold, and you pay yourself, and. Also, you're not paying yourself egregiously, right? You're not paying yourself 70% on listings, right? You're paying yourself a quarter on listings. And the reason that you're doing that is, is well, let's, let's talk about that. Why? If someone listening from the outside, right, who has no clue, you know, what it costs to run a business in real estate, why, how would you answer the question they would ask, which would be, well, you know, why is Charles only getting 25% and Blue's getting seven, uh, 60 you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's so much harder about a buyer that you get more than a seller? Yeah, so one, okay, so I'll back up really quick. To answer the question of why we pay ourselves and track it that way is because I want to know what is an owner of this company I make and then what does I make as a production agent. So if you just take all your fees, whatever's left over as an, as, a, as an owner, you don't really know what the difference is. So if there are other listing partners or buyer agents to come in, you need to, to know how much they're producing you versus how much the business truly makes. So that if I got hurt and couldn't work anymore, I still know what I'm making as an owner if I had to replace myself. So that's one of the reasons why. As far as for commissions, why the, the listing side is smaller. One, there's less work. We have a listing coordinator who's full-time and she takes a good portion of that work off of the listing side. 
to help. So part of that cost of sales is paying her. Second part is there's not nearly as much uh, handholding throughout the way for the, sell the selling side. Once you sort of start the plan and execute it, the buyers can be drug out more. There's a lot more out in the field. It's a lot more on the go. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily harder, but it's a lot more predictable on the list listing side. And so we're doing a, a good bit more of uh, repeat procedures and all that just don't have you out. So it balances out to where the piece of the pie generally for the work done on the listing side is just less. So we're paying for that amount of work that you're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I wanted you to answer that. So people, uh, you know, understood it and I, and I like it. I mean, it, it's fair and you could, yeah, you could bang out a lot more listing appointments, right? Well, the other part is too, the listings, if, so if I was just looking at myself as an agent, well, the agent, the, the company still has to pay to market the listings. You're not really paying to market buyers. So there's an additional level of expense for signs and marketing other things that come out of the listing side that's really an expense. So you can't afford to pay 50 or 55% on a listing, pay all the marketing, pay your admin staff, and then have any profit. You go broke. And, and, you can, and the admin staff can do a lot. They can do on a, a lot. On a listing. They can do a lot, right? They can keep you out of it until... The right admin. Until it's time to negotiate the contract, the, the offer. You yeah. know what I mean? So Absolutely. they really can if you want them to, if you set them up right. Well, that's what I say. I do five, five Ps. I preview properties and meet with people. I price properties for them. I then promote. So I'm doing a lot of the marketing still on our, on our staff. I protect it through negotiations. So whenever we get a contract or repair requests, and then I party. We party at closing. That's it. <laughs> Uh, do you the tell them that? Do you tell? Do you tell the people up front? Um, you know, these. Th this is my. It is that exact way I just said it to you. And then I tell them that Debbie, as our listing coordinator, does the two C's. She collects and coordinates. So anything else that has to be collected or coordinated, she's doing it until we get under contract. And then Jackie steps in as a closing coordinator. She's doing the same thing and just running that bus to closing. So. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I had a conversation on one of the episodes recently with uh, Meet Kevin. I don't know if you heard that, but you know, yeah. at the at the at the very end, there was a debate about you know agents going out and listing properties and not disclosing you know what the actual work was going to be done. Just kind of giving the assumption that you'll see me, and knowing in the back of their head, you'll never see me. And I thought it was interesting because I, I told him to point out that's what I used to do. So, I, I, I mean, I used to do that. So, but I thought it was interesting. I didn't think he was wrong. I thought he was right. It probably, in, in a real world, now, now that I'm looking at it from the outside and not in the business anymore, I could look at it and say people, the listing agents, especially with teams, should be more like you. You should tell them up front, this is where I'm involved and this is where I'm not involved, right? I'm involved in the five Ps. Say those again. Do, do me a favor. Say those again. Okay. So I preview. So that's just the initial meeting out of the property. And then I price. So that's the market analysis, the CMA, the, the strategy for marketing, like how are we going to go about it? And then there is the promote piece. So that's just, that's marketing. That's yeah, what is that? Yeah. What, what is that, that's kind of BS though, right? I mean, like, what do you, you know, no, not, absolutely not. So what is promote? What does that mean? Promoting. So every, every one of our listings, I mean, obviously that's part of, I mean, once you get your photography work done and got all your stuff, then you got to go out and promote. It's not just, I don't put it in MLS. I go out <laughs> Facebook ads. So we're doing very, very highly targeted Facebook ads. Um, and we can get into that in depth later. It was one of the things I hope that we could share. Cause I know. Sure. Yeah. Love to hear it. Yep. So I'll, we'll come back to that one, but, 
Facebook ads, uh, email marketing. So going back through our database, our database, pulling up past properties that were maybe similar, uh, actually emailing them, crafting those messages. So that's the two big components. So you're very involved in the in the marketing and the advertising. Very much so. Yeah. So that's the sort of it's a separate hat that. At one I would definitely elaborate on that when you're with a seller because you know that could easily some that could easily be something that some other agent says. It means nothing, right? That uh, you know, all, most a lot of marketing is automatic. And what, and as we talk later, a lot of the stuff that comes in through our through our branding's promotion that they see us online and socials because they see us marketing, and so that is what I'm doing, and that's how I do know what's happening. So that's the third P. Fourth P is protecting. I was just in the realm, realm of P, so I was trying to figure out something that made sense. So that's that's like good. Yeah. Negotiating, but I'm I'm protecting their their offer. I'm protecting their value and their equity through negotiations. So that's when the initial offer comes in, negotiating those with them and, you know, obviously the other agents. And then whenever and if we do have a second round of negotiations after due diligence process, then you know, I'm going back to bat for them to try to figure out how to protect from just, you know, buyers hit you with a lot of repair requests nowadays in a hot market. So the whole idea is not to just give the, way, the farm away then. You've, you've done so much. So still protecting. And then the last one's the party part. I mean, like that's, we celebrate closings here. We come back to the office afterwards. You know, we're trying to sort of celebrate that, not just, oh, thanks for my check at the closing table and you're gone. It's, you know, come sign our wall. Come get a little gift. It's not much, but it's just, it's more of a little special thing. And I do like to be there for that whenever, whenever possible. What's your wall? So we have a, a client signature wall. We're on Main Street in our town. And so we have big storefront, win storefront windows. We bought like a hundred plus year old building. And so it's an old shoe store and has those display windows. And we didn't really know what to do with that whole front area because it's really odd shaped. Can't put tables or chairs in it. So we made both walls on the outside of the wall where you sort of look in the glass. We painted them black with chalkboard, framed it in. And our clients, after closing, come and write messages and sign it. And so people walking up and down town street, they can see in and read our messages from clients. It's just kind of neat. Plus, when new clients come walking in, you know, and People are kind of hesitant sometimes about going to real estate office anyway. But when they come to the office, it's nice. It's the first thing you see before you even come in the door. It's just this wall of how great we are, to be honest with you. I mean, it's what it is because it's what everybody writes. Like, Thank you so much. It was great. So, Brokers and team leaders, are you tired of seeing dwindling numbers at your monthly sales meetings? And I don't mean numbers as far as sales. I mean numbers as far as agents attending. Do you struggle with creating new and exciting content that will not only motivate your agents, but deliver actual results to them? Do you want your agents using proven sales techniques that increase their commissions? We've got the answer for you. Rebus University is launching a lunch and learn series you can purchase to provide structure and content to your meetings. The series has 12 30 minute trainings taught by me, and top producers from around the world and specifically is designed to increase production for your agents. Plus, when you purchase these trainings, you will also receive significant discounts for the go-getters on your team or in your office who want more training and bigger results. So don't delay. Go to hybendigital.com backslash teams. That's hybendigital.com backslash teams or call Catherine Brower today at 843-749-9900. That's 
800-900-9900 and get started with your Rebus University Lunch and Learn. Do you, do you ever like erase it? And We haven't had to yet. People started, when we first moved in, they started writing really big because it looked bare. Yeah. Make them write really small. But yeah, at some point we probably will have to erase some old ones and or I don't know. We may just we may just move to another spot and start adding more. I mean, it's kind of a yeah, cool. right. Just add more. That's that's yeah. a thing. Just add more. Yeah. It is. It's just in chalk marker, so it doesn't come off easily. You have to scrub it off, but it is in chalk marker, so it's fun though. They enjoy it. Yeah, I I have a before I die I will dot 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 a board in my house that's you know that's that's permanent marker on it, and the same thing happened as people. And by the way, I ordered it online. I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you. But um, people did write big at the beginning, and now they're writing smaller and smaller. But my wife says, "What are we going to do?" And I'm like, "Well, we're just going to. I'm just going to get another one, and add it to the other wall." You know? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was <laughs> just keep kind of going. Yeah, going, man. Our office is big, and there's a lot of wall space. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the third P, right? Of the promotion. Since you mentioned it, like. Give me exactly what you're doing. Share your secrets. Like, what are you doing on a regular basis in that third P zone? Yeah, so specifically to listings for the third P, you know, I'll first lay it out. We're, we're a curator client, so it's a little different in the fact that we're very much trying to be very socially active, very much Facebook. Instagram is still growing and still learning how to use that in our market. It's not a we're not a young market, let's say, here, like an up-and-coming city. So it's not caught on as quick. Most of our audience is Facebook. So when we go to that, we're trying to figure out ways to, to obviously, like anybody else, fill the funnel. But we're trying to do it in a way where there's stages of the funnel. And so the very top of our funnel is just general awareness to get somebody clicking through and engaging with our ads and our website and our copy. And that's where the listings come in. We use those very heavily as top of funnel click, clickbait, essentially. I mean, it's not like trickery or anything, but you need them to click and engage. So we're running a Facebook ad with every single listing we have, whether it's coming soon, if we run a coming soon type listing, more of a delayed showing type coming soon, but doing that or whether it's just a just list it, um, if we have to go through a price adjustment, we'll go back and run them on there. If it goes under contract, and comes back, we'll run it again. But that's just that general big sort of magic million, the biggest audience possible. They don't know, like, or trust you necessarily yet. You're just trying to get them to engage based on geo-targeting, just layering it over our area. Big area, 35, 40 square miles is what we cover. You know, some people on here listening in bigger cities might only need 10 square miles to cover, but we have a pretty good area because we're rural. And so we use those listings. We post seven to 10 pictures, post a description with a link that drives them back to a sort of, it's not a landing page, it's just the, the property page on our website to where they're then tracked. They pick up our pixel from Facebook when they do that or engage in with your ads. We're boosting those ads anywhere from 75 to 150 bucks, depending on how hot it is and how many people. You know, obviously, the, the shorter you run it, um, the more money you're spending per day. It's pretty hot, but may, may run anywhere from three days to seven days. Typically, not any more than seven days. So we're really right out of the bat trying to, to utilize 
our listings as leverage to get people to just engage with us and get uh, just pinged with that pixel in Facebook or from our website so that we can then follow them around later with better content. And I know you guys do this because you follow me around everywhere. So <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about, but it's just that it, listings are that way. So we are very much promoting them that way. That's part of the P. And then the other half is email, email marketing. I love that. So, so um, you, you know, let's break it down. Like you're, you're 65 or so listings, right? This year, we're right at about 50-50, but last year, it was about 60-40. Okay. Yeah. So, let's just talk about that. Where are you getting your listings from? Because that's pretty high. I mean... Yeah. Okay. So, main, the primary re- source of our business is going to be what we consider and call just raving fan referrals. So, raving fan referrals can be clients for life. We don't call them past clients because we, we want them for life. I don't want them one time and done. So, sort of reoriented the way we, we think about I, it. I've never heard anybody really analyze the term before and I like it. I like that. We don't call past clients because if you say, if you say past clients and they are, it's kind of a bad affirmation, a negative affirmation. I didn't make that up. I believe that was Lisa Archer at live love, uh, homes. I believe she was where I first heard that. I loved it ever since. And yeah. So, and then obviously raving fans is just sphere other, other people in the community, you know, through some of the other, lower stage follow-up we're doing we've built pretty good following so you know we like to approach our whole marketing and our whole pro as we're in a small area be hulk in a puddle not a goldfish out in the sea wait say that again we're approaching it like our saying here at the office is we want to be hulk in a puddle i want to be a very very big presence in a little spot okay where I don't have a lot of competition versus say like a goldfish out in the middle of the sea. Like you might be in a big, huge area with a lot of opportunity, but if you're very small, honestly, I think that's harder sometimes. I think some so, people think it's, it's easier. So what's the population of like your market area, would you say? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, the whole county, probably 65,000 and it's a big county, 65 to 70,000. So, I mean, you might have that in a couple of square blocks in some of these bigger areas. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, I mean, we're probably... 30 square mile county so i mean it's a big county to have that few people it's very rural what's your what's your average sale price there ours for the listing side's right at 205 the buying side's like 170 ish and then and so what do you what what are most your buyers buying what was a buyer get for 170 180,000 yeah three bedroom two bath three quarter to an acre of land 1500 to 2000 square foot a lot of brick ranches, a lot of basements here. We're very rolling hill. We're the foothills of the North Carolina Appalachian Mountains. So, you know, we're very rolling. So you have a lot of steep terrain. So a lot of them have basements, stuff like that. Yeah, but it's nice property. It's a lot. You get a lot of house here. And that's a feed. We're a, so we're a feeder market as well. If you've got people who may work in a Charlotte, we're right between Charlotte, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, and Greenville, South Carolina. So three of the hottest cities in America. I mean, honestly, Greenville is enormous and you know charlotte and Asheville are right behind them as far as real estate markets go too but there's a lot of business there and so with that people will will live here and drive there for work or commute and then you just also have three air- airports in those areas where people who just travel the country they can actually live here and be on three different airports within an hour if they live here so cost of living is low taxes are low it's very low speed. You know, a traffic jam is like five cars at the stoplight. If you know, <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little, but you know, it's well, there. Right. Yeah. 
but it, it is, you know, it's a slower pace of life. Now, would you say, would you say your, has your market changed? Like you got in at 2007, right? So you got in, you know, are the prices there today more expensive or are they the same or less than when you got in in 2007? I entered right as we were hitting the downfall. So I saw two or three months of what it looked like to be, you know, still okay. The prices now are at the same level they were there when we started going down. So you've, you've, you went down and came back up. Yep, we're, we're sort of even, just a lot healthier now. So our town was a very much, in, it, it, textiles ruled this area before they were shipped overseas. And so we had a lot of major textile manufacturers here, a lot. And so we lost that in the early 2000s, late 90s. And so our town went through a, a, a real hard hit then. And it, so it was already sort of building back, but... So we didn't get hit quite as hard as some of the other areas of the country, but it did take a downfall for a while because it just fed into us from other cities and other areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so specifically to have such a large sphere, right, and to have such a large listing inventory through your sphere, can you tell us exactly what you're doing on a regular basis to keep you busy on listing appointments? Well, beautiful marketing. I mean, we do great. I'm not going to lie. We do great marketing. Like our stuff looks good. We don't put something out just for the sake of putting it out. There is a, there's some standards in place to do that with. So when people see that, I think they're just naturally drawn to that. You know, I mean, it sounds simple and easy, but I think the basics are what really work a lot. So, I mean, are you sending out a lot of uh, postcards and you we know, we making do. phone calls? What are you doing? How are you keeping in touch with all these people? Facebook. Social. I mean, and, and being. And That's being, really all you need nowadays, right? I mean. We do no postcards. We do no mailer. There's no real hard copy. Like it drives me nuts when we print a copy of a contract. I hate paper. I don't like it. I don't. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just it's not what our business is built on. Mm-hmm. So that, our, 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 I mean, it's very much relationship driven. So relationships, you stay relevant with your people through Facebook. It's not just watching. It's commenting on being a part of their lives and genuinely being interested is the difference. It's not, I don't go on Facebook and post about, you know, I got this house for sale on my personal wall. I go in there and talk to them like, hey, congratulations to your son for winning the, you know, the, the regional championship in baseball. Or, hey, your daughter's dance that you just posted a video was awesome. Like, whatever it may be, it's just being relevant on, on those social sites and being active in their lives is a big reason for how people stay in touch with us. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999.
are you just like so like Chantel Ray calls it like um appropriate stalking which is where you know you're just looking for stuff like that life-changing events and congratulating and commenting and then people are like yeah we need to sell a house they just, yeah and honestly if you do it just for that sake they're gonna see it so part of our core values is being authentic and if you're just doing it to do that then they're gonna see through that if you're only on there every now and then to promote something or try to stay relevant they'll know it but if you genuinely take an interest in your you know your friends and family and people around you's lives and try to stay relevant they will and what i mean by that is like you can't go in and just scroll through their feed and hit like like think about why you post something when you post it on social media what do you want you want to hear people's feedback you want i mean you want likes you want hearts you, you enjoy that it's like an endorphin rush that's why people do it but you want socialization so commenting and actually dropping a quick note is is kind of the equivalent chris smith says like if somebody writes hbd on my wall for happy birthday like what a tool you know i mean that's you could <laughs> more to write happy birthday hope you have a great day whatever like but go further why not go into messenger sing them happy birthday on a video and message it to them like you're going to be one of two people that do that all year to them it's just something extra. How can you do it better, right? How can you, yeah, how can you do it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that part goes deeper. Being involved in, if you're just online, you never leave your house, you never do anything else, and it doesn't get backed up. But when they then see, you know, I coach my son's soccer team multiple times a year. So when the people are there, then we talk about what I saw their kids or their family doing. Or, hey, I saw your in-laws were in town, and you guys went up hiking at the state park, like, how was it? Is the, is the park in good shape? What? It doesn't matter. It's just general conversation. But if, if you use Facebook like you do in real life with people, if you use it some way different, it's there. But that's a big way of staying relevant because you're just top of mind at that point, like anything else or any other business. Your friends that you communicate with and interact with more are the ones that you think of when it's time to go do something fun or do something else, not the guy you haven't seen in 15 years since high school. You know, it's like maybe fun to catch up, but you don't have that deeper relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's shift the team building a little bit. Like, so how are you training your people, you know, on your team and how are you learning how to build a team effectively? Okay. So I'll take the second part of that first, just for some background. And I'll, I'll tie this in. I, I was doing it without knowing it. And I know you have the certified team agent with Jeff Kong. Love that mm. course. I took it just seeing Jeff's, I was following his podcast for a long time as well. And even before I started listening to his podcast, we were doing what he did, which was, hey, we're members of these mastermind groups for like Boomtown, Commissions Inc., whatever other Facebook mastermind groups. We, I started calling these guys and messaging these top producing agents around our area, around our state. I didn't really fly anywhere, but Greenville, South Carolina. There's actually uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, sort of Durham area, Raleigh. There's you know some guys we know down there, Lake Norman, Charlotte, and just go Asheville, going and asking them, hey, you guys are three years ahead of where I am right now. How'd you get there? What are you willing to teach me? What are you doing? And like you'd be, I mean, honestly, top producing agents and teams really, honestly, typically do have room for that. They love doing that. They'll share more than you would ever imagine, and. We did that, and Blue and I basically drove to all these teams and shadowed them for a day or so and went to sort of, I don't say private masterminds, but smaller mastermind 
groups with members that had sort of through mutual friends been put together. And so we learned about team building like that. We, we sort of did the exact same thing Jeff did and took the things we liked and felt like fit for us, you know, sort of the things that we thought we could implement and pull off. And then some of the things seem like pipe dreams and we put them off in the future. And, you know, now we're actually getting to some of those and it's, it's, it's very valuable to have been there and seen that, yeah, they warned us about this, that like year three, you're going to get to this point where you're wondering, should I be pulling back out of production? Should I stay in production? How to do this? That's why we pay ourselves like we do. So we were prepared for it. If it comes, you know, it's like, cause you don't know if, if you've never been there and done that. And that was way more valuable than any book or, article or anything like that to me yeah and that, that that's how i grew my team too was just through masterminds and through building off other agents and you're right agents are if, if they've gotten there themselves they've learned from somebody else right you know so no but one's doing anything you need whether they told the people or not they were watching and learning right right so they're you're generally happy to to help you along yeah and that's and i appreciate the plug for rebus university the jeff cone course matter of fact i think i'm going to Throw out a coupon if you guys want fifty percent off that coupon. Just fifty percent off that course. Put in PH fifty on rebusuniversity.com. He's talking about the certified team agent course with Jeff uh, Cohn in Omaha, Nebraska. So okay, so what else? Okay, so I mean, we also, I mean, we're we're a small we're a small group. So never really laid it out fully to say, but we are four agents. It's three buyers agents, myself as a listing agent, a full time listing coordinator, full time closing coordinator. Five of us are listed, or are licensed, the listing coordinator's license as well. Okay, so our closing coordinator is not licensed. She's the only one that's not. Okay, so it's, it's a small group. And so our office, I mean, it's, we have a great office. It's something that we're very proud of. We spent a lot of time and money to put this office together in terms of like how the way we wanted to use it to build that environment where they wanted to be here. And so we're in the office a lot. And so we do share a lot. Um, we, have, we use Workplace by Facebook. I know you interviewed Connie Carlson not long ago, and she uses like Slack and River. And I, Connie and I are friends through the Curator Mastermind, believe it or not. So we've had other chats too. She's kind of part of those I've learned from over the years. And so we use that as learning opportunities. Like when somebody does something well, we share it in certain channels of that group. Whenever we find something that's really good, like, hey, like, and I'm a podcast junkie. I'm an audiobook podcast junkie. If there's anything ever playing in my ear, it's that. I listen to a lot of them, probably too many. Sometimes just get confused, you know, you get too much going on. But that's been a lot, so I'll share that stuff with the team. I'll say, hey, you guys need to listen to this. There were some great takeaways here. Listen to this, let's talk about it. Um, we also, I mean, in the mastermind groups on Facebook that we're members of through, like, Curator, through Follow-Up Boss, through the ones we've been in in the past, like we were Boomtown Cons, we were Commissions Inc. They all had great mastermind groups. We get in there and learn. And we talk with other agents and we watch and learn. So, I mean, those are great things that we'll tag each other in and then go back and talk about them. We have, you know, regular office meetings or we'll actually schedule more like one-on-one. -on -one, hey, let's talk about, uh, one of the more recent ones was, let's, let's talk about how to have more meaningful conversations with people and instead of being the guy... There's, there was a meme floating around Facebook not long ago. Most people probably saw it. If they didn't, it was hilarious. But it was like the idea of a typical real estate agent. two guys at a urinal, and the guy walks right over to the other guy when they're both peeing, and he's like, hey, I'm a real estate agent. Are you looking to buy, sell, or list a house anytime soon? It's like 
don't always be that agent. Yeah, you know? don't be that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be annoying or inappropriate. So, like, how to have meaningful, like, what's the timing like of that? Mm. So there's some great, there's a great book called Captivate that I've read recently. Mm. And that book talks about how in social events and networking, when are the right or opportune times to approach people to be most receptive? So when they walk through the door at a, at a dinner party, you don't go ask them to come over to your table and hang out and talk to you. Like they're, they're visually looking for how do I get comfortable? Who do I know? How do I, how do I get secure first and then analyze the room and then, you know, go somewhere else and get food or get a drink. And like, so we were trying to analyze what does that look like in the life cycle of a buyer or seller when they come on to social media, don't hound them with a hundred calls when they didn't really want that. But when they do certain behavioral activities, feel free to jump in there and be of value and follow up then because they're probably more receptive to it. So like that was a very specific how to open up and what type of open-ended questions or powerful questions can you ask people when they're in the right stage to get them to open up to you versus, you know, being the guy at the bar who every chick that sits down, you go over to her and ask her to go home with you in their first question. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Now, let me go back a little bit. You say you use Facebook, what'd you call it? Facebook Marketplace? Workplace by Facebook. Workplace by Facebook. Explain, what's that? Okay, so that is Facebook's corporate, if you will, corporate Facebook. So it's, it, it looks and feels just like your Facebook account, but it is very specific to only your company. Your, your domain is registered and they have to have an email address pretty much at your domain. So it's an intra-office communication network. Most people would be more familiar with like your Slack. Yeah. River or something. But it's right. just because it's the same interface as, work, as uh, Facebook, which everybody already knows and likes. So you can create different... So you go in there and the only people that are in there are people that work for you, the four or five people that work for you. And you guys just communicate in there? Is it you using Messenger? What's it look like in there? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, there is, I don't know if it'll see, but there's Facebook Workplace chat. Mm -hmm. It's just our team. So what the beauty of that and why we went to it, like we've played around with it and then tried, we finally just all in, like no more emails, no more text messages for very work-specific stuff. Let's do it through there. Because then you can focus in there and, and stay more in your priority type work wherever you're doing. You don't get, you know, you don't get an email for one question and then you get a text message for something else and it gets scattered. It's just, and then you have a client, then your wife's texting you, then your friends want to go out and then you get an email about a coupon and you're, you, next thing you know, you're shopping for computers on Apple or something. You know, like you don't know, you get distracted. So the best thing about that is it removes the distractions for communication between your team. And that is, it's something that we really went all in with within the last month. And, you know, we dabbled with it before and had it, but I mean, all in for that. And it, it does change things. It just keeps you more focused and it's quicker and easier. That's the, the chat part of it. It's, it looks just like your text messages on your phone and you can create all the groups. Like, so I have a group with just the buyer's agents and me. I have a group with, just the listing coordinator and closing coordinator for when our properties are under contract. I have one with just, you know, Debbie, the listing coordinator. So there's a lot of different ones. Then there's totally random ones. Like 
So if you have, if you're out and you see something funny, like a ridiculous toilet cover or something, and just yeah, boarding. random stuff. What about do you, do, you, do you put your transactions in there, like your certain houses or 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 just the groups? No. So in the chat, no. But what we do in the the uh, the actual workplace. So there's two different ones: workplace chat and workplace. They look and feel the same, and just like in your Facebook. Facebook Messenger will work inside of Facebook. So chat works inside of the regular workplace. Mm -hmm. But there's groups that you can create for specific things similar or akin to what channels would be in Slack. Okay, so we created groups for like, for instance, one of the most practical is coming soons. We have a coming soon group. Everybody's a member of it. When we go out and we take a listing, we know that we have a price and we have some general basic information we're going through maybe the pre-inspection, we're waiting on pictures, whatever, then we're posting that in there for our agents to go ahead and have a heads up of this is coming. I mean, what better way to match that and give value to your buyers through your buyer's agent of, hey, I just see we've got one coming soon that looks exactly what you're doing. Let's pull it up and look at it and see, you know, maybe we can be one of the first ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just a very practical use of, of that. Awesome. And tell me about Curator. What do, what do you use Curator for? Curator is our, our, it's like our online platform to launch everything else from. So it's hard to describe it in one word, but the Curator makes us look awesome. Beautiful websites, but they really teach you. That's, that's probably one of the most valuable mastermind groups I've ever been a member of because of the sharing in there. But they really teach you how to run a business that's attraction-based and not chasing-based. So again, go back to the Captivate book or this, the analogy of being in a bar. Like, would you rather be the guy who makes 100 reach outs in you know, four hours of prospecting, the equivalent of the guy that goes to every chick in the bar with a pickup line and a script? Not that that doesn't work. Or would you rather be the guy who stands in the corner telling great stories and creating value for people where they're, they're all huddled around him and when the people walk in and sit at the bar, they look over at that guy and they're like, What's up with that? I don't need to figure out that. Like they're attracted to you. They're going to be listening to your stories. Now you got them. So it's the, it's the equivalent of which one do you want to be? They'll both work, but I'd much rather be the guy over there, you know, hooting and hollering and cutting up and having people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm doing it. Cool. I do not have any interest in running a call center. So I don't mind calling people, but I'm not calling a hundred people a hundred times. I want to call five people once and have them want to talk to me or have them calling us. So that's what curator does for us. It's just, it's, the, it's too hard to describe in one, but they really teach you how to fill that funnel and then create value and follow folks around in the right ways. And then to where they want your information and they want to reach out to you versus you having to chase them all the time. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it, dude. All right. So uh, Charles, what did, what did you bring today as your free gift? Yeah, so this was a hard one to give, to be honest, because I know all your people bring stuff. But one thing <laughs> we're really proud of and use a lot and like, and it tie, the reason why I chose this is because it ties in with one of the second levels of the funnel. Once you get people pinged and your pixel picked up, yep. is, is our buyer guide. Okay, so we created a buyer guide. It's We have it in PDF format. We have printed booklets. I should have grabbed one, but you'll have it on there as the upload. But it just walks a buyer through what we feel like is obviously the right process and, and our experience of working with them from start to finish. And it just it gives them a guide. It gives them some pointers, some tips. So the guide is nothing new or earth-breaking, but we love ours. It works great. It's very simple, but it's informative. It looks good. 
but how we use that as a you know i know you like meat and potatoes so the 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 takeaway of the application of that is once you've got people clicking through your ads whether it was a just listed coming soon uh sold saturday like we do that with past client pictures we take all pictures at the celebration we use those in like a big post at the end of every month boosts the heck out of it and then link people to reviews so they can read more if they want that's all part of that plan to sort of get them clicking and, and being engaged well the next thing is well what do you do with them after that they're engaged you don't have their email address necessarily you don't have their phone number you don't know what they're doing what do you do then well now you create a custom audience on facebook the next level deep and we call that one the chunky middle and there are people who have taken chunky some, middle that's a curator term i didn't make that up magic million chunky middle and sweet spot that's the three okay all right so once they've been in your magic million they come to your they come to your chunky middle They've engaged, so you know that these people are at least people who have seen something of yours, and you create a Facebook audience for people who are in your database, upload a custom customer list with all the emails you have from everybody else, put that as one part. Second part is anybody who's engaged with any of our ads within the last 180 days, put them in there. And then those people are people who are a little bit more relevant. Now start running ads for things like, hey, looking to buy in the next 30 to 90 days, don't miss our buyer guide. It's got 30 plus years of insanely useful information. Download it for free here. Well, that takes them through to our website, to the landing page that has the buyer guide. And you can choose, you know, through your platform, whatever. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But then you can require an email to download the guide. Right, right. And then you know that, that they're serious because they've, they've taken it to that step, looking to buy in the next 180 days. If yep. you're not, then you don't click here. Yeah, right. but why else are they going to click? Like, I'm totally willing to give people my information when there's value on the other end, especially if they've presented it well and I've seen their information for free and right. they've resonated with me. So that's it. Do that. Get them into that second level. And then the, the next level is those people who have done that. You know, use Facebook to your advantage. Learn that you can link your website to it. Facebook will know if they went to a certain page of your website if you tell it to. You can go to custom pages. Well, then build a third audience out of that, like the sweet spot for people who visited your custom home values page. Whether they went through the whole thing or not, doesn't matter. Or if they visited your buyer guide download page, or they read your reviews and testimonials, for instance. Let's say they, you have that as a page. They read your reviews and testimonials page. Now they're engaged a second level. Now go show those folks a, a success story from a client that you write up or have somebody in your area interview and write up to say, hey, this is what it was like working with these guys. Do a little short video. Show that ad to those people. They're three layers deep now. And then they're going like, to – that's how you know, like, and trust. Yeah, I love it. I love that, dude. Yeah. I love that. So, guys, I'm going to put this buyer's guide on hybendigital.com backslash Charles Burgess, and it's B-U-R-G-E-S-S. I'm also going to put all of Charles' information, and obviously the dude is on Facebook – 24-7, everything is Facebook-related. So if you want to reach out to him, find him on Facebook. You know, just type in his name. I'm going to put the links in the show notes as well. But I'll also put his email and his contact information in there as well if you want to say thank you and or maybe send him a referral. And I'm also going to take the buyer guide and I'm going to put it on our agent success in our agent success toolbox with all the other tools uh, that we've collected from everybody that's come on this show. And that'll be at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox 
or you can always get it by texting the word toolbox to 444-999. Charles, this has been a blast, buddy. Listen, you know, as I mentioned before the show, I live in Folly Beach, so uh, definitely on my way to Asheville next time, I will uh, look you up. Maybe we can get together and break some bread. I'd love to. Can I, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go for it, boss. One more thing. So we talked about the CTA course, but our team did go through and our whole buyer agent staff and myself, we all took the certified buyer agent course that you guys put out. And that was phenomenal. So certain little things here and there didn't really apply to our area, but it was very, very little. But that, that course was so in-depth and there were a lot of great takeaways like the um, reality check, like we love that, you know, things like that. So I would encourage people if they haven't, like I know obviously you put the podcast out for free, but your Rebus University is no joke. Go for it and take some of the classes because they're good. So, I mean, that's, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you saying that, guys, and that, and that was unscripted. And uh, so, take Charles' advice and uh, Charles's advice. And and again, that it, it just listen. Use that coupon code for any course on there. How about that? If you want to take the certified buyer agent, you want to take the team agent, you want to take any of them. Just go PH fifty. That's going to give you fifty percent off. Charles, this has been a blast, brother. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, look forward to meeting you face to face in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.